WKNC 88.1. You guys were just listening to some music from Motor Skills. That was called Sif Riff. Before that, you were checking out Heads on Sticks with Can't Stop. And then uh, before that, we played some Marley Carroll as well with The Hunter. Um, we have literally, literally just been joined by Adam of the Faces Blur, who sprinted into our studio here. So uh, very glad to have him on. Um, we'll give him a little bit of time to catch his breath. But um, you guys are going to get to hear uh, a good bit of new music uh, coming up soon. Um, there's a brand new track that Adam will be debuting right here, and very, very excited to share that. It's a track called Wander. Um, it was actually uh, mastered, I believe, by Phil Torres, who was just in here, and I believe he'll be hanging out in the studio for a little bit as well as we are finishing up this show. Um, as I have mentioned, yeah, as I have mentioned, we guys, uh, we are going to be closing the show a little bit early due to the baseball game that is coming up, but that does not mean that we are going to have plenty of awesome, awesome conversation and electronic music to share with you guys, um, because there's so much going on right now, and it's been really exciting. There's kind of been a resurgence uh, in the area of electronic music like this, and it's it's got me pretty excited. Um, there's a lot of really cool stuff, the way that Towers has reincorporated his music into an electronic frame, which, as uh, we were just talking about uh, with Adam, he, he actually uh, mixed it, and I believe Phil mastered it, so you got the Torres clan very heavy here on the Faces Blur's uh tracks that he has brought in here for us and we are going to get ready to jump into a little bit of conversation here um so first off thank you for joining me you obviously are very dedicated to getting here in a swift fashion uh i think that's the first for me but it's awesome yeah yeah it's a hike from carborough yeah um, a lot farther than i imagined <laughs> awesome so um you okay well you were initially um like found around here for making these like video projections that you did for a lot of bands and off the top of my head i think zach mexico towers um i believe there was maybe some with virgin's family band um how did you get involved with this what what drove you towards this sort of like video collaging type setup yeah well the the vjing stuff probably began back in 2007 um, and that was originally with a band called Lake Inferior, um, and they were some good friends of mine, um, Dax Beaton, Derek Torres, uh, Bo Beard, a bunch of other folks I knew from college. And um, <clears throat> Derek actually went on to make Towers, and Dax Beaton's now doing body games. And so I began doing sort of video design and video collaging with them, and I grew grew out of that from uh, the UNC days. Right. Uh, working with a lot of new artists here and there. Um, did some work, actually. The most notable stuff I feel like I did was about two years ago <clears throat> at Hopscotch, I'd done some work for Towers doing a projection set at CAM, and I uh, ended up being asked to do the rest of the evening, which ended up including Foster Brown, and, Danny yes. Brown um, a lot of other folks. So that was a really unique and you know great opportunity to be there working with <clears throat> the Hot Scotch folks at CAM to make that happen. So that's where it kind of began. Yeah, it's awesome. Back in school, about 07. And what, like, so you got into <laughs> it. What, what do you use to craft these? Because it's so easy for people to just, like, get totally lost in these images. I know when I've seen bands, I'm like, oh, yeah, this music's cool, but <laughs> yeah. the stuff going on on this wall is pretty yeah. awesome, too. <laughs> oh, thanks. I mean, with the video stuff, really, it's um, it's a lot of just reappropriation. Uh, doing, you know, some of the stuff that Phil was talking about earlier, pulling some stuff from YouTube that I really enjoyed, and then looking at old films that I really enjoyed, too. Um, but I definitely veered in the way of textures, uh, textural and sort of, psychedelic imagery that would sort of, you know, be hypnotic to the right. listener. Um, and it's, especially in the age of electronic music, there's oftentimes people are on stage doing things that don't seem immediately as visually interesting right. as other artists, like having four guitars or whatever rocking out on stage. 
with the electronic elements, you don't get as much of that interesting visual aesthetic. So to provide sort of a canvas and a, you know, a moving backdrop to sort of push the set forward is, I think, really important um, with current electronic music. Definitely. And uh, that's <laughs> one of the things we were talking about with Phil during this last hour is, you know, like incorporating exciting and I guess like engaging elements with electronic music because I feel like one of the biggest things I hear people say when they're like I don't listen to electronic music all people really do is push buttons which is yeah. it's a really frustrating thing to hear someone say and hopefully this show will maybe open up some people's ears towards electronic music but um moving past that how much uh of the music do you let influence the videos when you're like presenting it for a show yeah. are you like sitting back and listening to this and creating it at the same time or um well i guess it depends on the set and my relationship to the artists um sometimes i'll sort of be hired on for a show where it's a last minute thing and i'm sort of reacting to the music um in a free-flowing fashion but then sometimes it's much more of a preset type of situation um and with my involvement with body games and with lake inferior back in the day we would actually sit down with the artists and work out what we thought would be the most interesting visuals to go with that set of music so we would, uh, you know, get together, sit down, flesh out some ideas about, you know, what are the inspirations for this music? What can I see fitting with that? And sort of having a very collective, collaborative environment. I think one thing I could compare it to is uh, the way that um, Danny Perez would work with Animal Collective on their uh, their videos, um, specifically the uh, DVD collaboration they did a couple years ago. Right. The name escapes me at the moment. But, um, yeah, so that kind of thing, really. Sometimes it's much more collaborative, intentional, and sometimes it's right. much more on-the-fly, improvisational, reactionary. Awesome. Well, talked a little bit about this <clears throat> video stuff. We are going to jump right into that new track uh, that you have so graciously brought in for us. Um, and this is a track called Wonder, correct? Mm -hmm. And Wonder. it is from The Faces Blur. Yep. And we are going to hear a couple more tracks, hopefully, throughout the remainder of this hour before the baseball game comes on. And you are listening to it right here on WKNC 88.1 on Carolina Grown.
WKNC 88.1. You guys were just listening to a brand new track from the Faces Blur. That track was called Wonder. Um, as we mentioned, that was mixed and mastered by the good Torres crew um, out here in the Triangle area. Derek has, I guess, been doing some mixing for your tracks. And Phil, as he mentioned during his segment, um, has been doing quite a bit of mastering as well. I think he was involved a little bit with the Bombadil album that came out a couple years ago. So some cool stuff going on for sure. And I am excited to gear this a bit more towards your music because uh, a lot of us were initially introduced to you through the video projections at all the various shows. And when I remember when I saw a SoundCloud link and it was like slash the faces blur, I was like, okay, this makes sense. I'm excited for this. And it was kind of exactly what I hoped it was. Um, so what, what got you into making the jump how long have you been making this kind of music is it recent were you doing it the whole time and you're just now sharing it like that's kind of the vibe that i could have gotten well it's interesting i mean i've probably been dabbling in you know making jams probably since like 2010 um probably when i was wrapping up my university time at unc um so i was working on some stuff then but really dabbling sort of just really trying to find where i fit sonically so i was doing some tracks like oh i'm gonna try out reason make some tracks in reason Make some tracks in Ableton, make some tracks in Logic. Yeah. Kind of jump around, see where it really fit. Um, so I'd made probably three or four different tracks between 2010 and 2013. And then last summer, I really started to pick up and decided this was something I actually really wanted to engage with. Um, and I actually picked up some new gear here and there that really drove me in a certain direction, getting like the machine, right. see stuff. And that really enhanced my creativity a lot <clears throat> to be able to produce things more quickly and get my ideas down quicker. So the more fluent I got with some of the more technical aspects of the DAW and stuff like that, um, really started to push some things out. So I'd say around last summer, I started working on a track called Climb. Um, didn't end up exactly how I'd wanted in the end, so I realized there's got to be more to this. Right. You can actually really push an idea to full fruition if you dedicate some time to it. So I'd say probably back in September of last year, I really started to dig in. Um, that's when I started producing a lot of the tracks that you're hearing now. Um, the last one I actually collaborated with uh, another guitarist from um, the Triangle, uh, Josh Kimbrough from the Van Butterflies. Awesome. awesome. He actually wrote a guitar line to a beat I'd made, and that ended up being the guitar loop that you'd heard in this past song in Wander. Um, we basically recorded the line into a sampler, chopped it back up, and made a whole new guitar melody out of a line that he had written. So, right. uh, big ups to Josh on getting that one, helping me get that one together. Um, and yeah, so I started to make some of the stuff that you're hearing now, basically in the last six months. So awesome. it's all really fresh. So do you regularly incorporate the like analog instruments into it, or do you primarily stick with a lot of MIDI and VSDs and plugins and stuff well, like that? Well, it's interesting. I mean, I think some of my source material will come from acoustic sources. So, you know, some chanting from some old vinyls or right. different. So I'll actually source stuff from uh, original, you know, acoustic instruments or analog sources. Uh, I like to mine vinyl from, you know, flea markets, right. anywhere, the, elsewhere, anywhere, anywhere I can find it. Um, but also pull files from online. I'll do some YouTube stuff, uh, but also sample just acoustic instruments if I feel like it. So it's all over the map. Um, I try to stay away from the plastic MIDI sound right. and help it because um, I think that the acu- sampling acoustics and sampling sources like vinyl really give it a, a unique depth and quality to it. Definitely. So, it, it feels like there is the same amount of like focus on texturing and layering that there is with the visual stuff as there is with your audio stuff, which how much I'd naturally I'd imagine that you are definitely working towards doing the visual and audio at the same time for your performances. Um, is that what you're planning on doing for the setup that you'll have uh, for the shows with crowdsource? Yes, definitely. Um, and even the f- only the handful of shows that I've done so far this year, um, I've only played, I guess two or three times in the triangle thus far. 
this year, and um, I have been incorporating the projector and the projections for some of those shows. So yeah, my my ultimate plan really is to mix the video and the audio live, much awesome, less, much like how Phil's doing. Um, but I'll probably end up automating a lot of my visual components so I can really dedicate the the energy to the music. Right. Um, but they will go hand in hand, and they'll definitely inform one another. Um, I've done some stuff in the past where I've actually had some very incidental type of video mixing where I'll set certain algorithms, yeah, or certain oscillators in play that respond to the music that I'm making. So it can be a little bit more organic, um, and sometimes it's much more automated and locked right. in the timeline. So I kind of go between those two spectrums of in completely out of my hands and then hyper control. Yeah, and somewhere in between. Um, so it'll be an experience for sure. All right, awesome. And you recently uh, joined the lineup of Body Games as well, and you're kind of doing a bit of the same stuff within that band. Uh, I saw the show that you guys did last week at Chapel Hill Underground, and it was um, it's awesome. It's a lot different than what I saw from Body Games at Hopscotch, and we're not going to dig too much into Body Games during this segment um, because Body Games will be on Carolina Grown on March 28th in two weeks from now. Um, so... What I am interested in, though, is what, obviously, you and Dax worked with Lake Inferior. Um, so what? how did it come to fruition that you would contribute the type of music that you're making right now to what was already existing in Body Games? Well, it's interesting, uh, just the personalities involved, I guess you could say, because Dax and I have been really close friends since we were in school together, dating, dating back to, I mean, even high school, even before we were friends at um, university, so... He and I have a deep history, and we're, we're close friends, so that really has sort of been the foundation of our creative relationship, I would say. But um, coming into Body Games, you know, I started out doing just the visual aspect. So last fall when we did our Hopscotch date, and we had some other shows around then, um, I was mainly just driving the visuals and right. mixing video live. Um, so, you know, fast forward to this year, um, I, you know, getting some of the new gear that I'd had and some of the new, my new inclination towards making my own music seemed like there could have been a good fit. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Derek had been previously involved with Body Games, and it seemed like he was sort of shifting more towards dedicating time to his solo projects. So it seemed like there was an opening to sort of bring right. in uh, some, new, some new material. So um, we had sort of just been talking about the idea for a while, and it seemed like it was a good fit. So I started bringing in some of the sampling and the vocal chopping and some of the beat creation right. um, to sort of fill in some auxiliary percussion type stuff with, with Body Games. So it was, it was a pretty just natural drift into the, into the group musically. Um, so now I'll be driving the visuals um, and and adding in some of the, the music elements there. Awesome. So. And it's it's cool seeing how quickly people are picking up to stuff like that because I know uh, you guys recently got added to the MoFest lineup, and that's got to yep. be pretty exciting <laughs> to have like basically really jumped in full with the electronic music last year and then MoFest 2014. It is. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's very surreal. Yeah, I don't. I could never have imagined in my wildest dreams that we would be at this point this early, I guess, in the game. So I'm I'm eternally grateful to everyone involved that has, you know, got us here with right. my games. And then also just with my own project, I mean, all the people that have helped me along the way, I couldn't have done it alone. And it's a killer lineup, too, with, with the, the Hopscotch uh, Showcase, I believe, is what it's a part of. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those artists we have been playing uh, right here throughout the segment, you know, like Marley Carroll, um, Heads on Sticks, I believe Robots Win are going to be performing at it as well, so... There's a lot of really awesome stuff going on there, and it's cool to see the burgeoning electronic scene that we do have getting support from the area because I talked with Phil about it, and of course it comes up every time I talk with someone. It's, there's not a whole lot of it going on here. And where do you think that that leaves uh, artists like you and Phil to fit into the local scene? Well, I mean, yeah, it is. First off, it is really amazing to see the support coming from the Moog people um, in terms of getting Triangle artists out there and getting the exposure that I frankly believe we deserve um, for the artists out here in the Triangle. But, I mean, it definitely, there's a niche. 
and there's definitely a market for it, I think, in the Triangle. I think it's something that maybe is new to some of the scene around here. Um, yeah. You, people are just adapting and acclimating to more and more of the, you know, sort of the indie transformation into some of the electronic stuff, and that's just what we've seen over the past five to ten years, really, with <clears throat> actually Animal Collective and other people definitely. crossing over a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's, while it is specific, I think it's growing, the scene, so I think people are really starting to get their ears tuned to it. Um, but I think it's just important for people like us to really, you know, try to, you know, lead the way a little bit on some of this, um, not to be too uh, egotistical about it, I guess, but to sort of show people right. that, you know, there is a, there is a market for it. Yeah, definitely. People that are willing to listen. Like, and people just, are definitely yeah. starting to dip their toes in, and it's, it's a really exciting thing to see in the area because I, for one, have been really excited about electronic music for a couple of years now, and it's always been kind of a bummer. To be like, there's not really a lot of local producers that are doing their thing, and if they are, they're doing it for other people. Like, I know um, Apple Juice Kid has been doing a lot of really cool productions, but his productions go on to, like, people like Talib Kweli and, like, (laughs) big-name acts. So it's like there's obviously something going on here, and it's Mm -hmm. cool to finally see it getting a lot of attention. And um, we are going to take a very brief break from conversation and then come back, going to fit in as much as we can before that baseball game comes in. But we are getting ready to hear... Another track from the Faces Blur, I believe this one is called um, White Walker, and all of this stuff is uh, also on the SoundCloud. I believe Wander will be up. Is it already up or will it be uh, there's up There's a soon? demo version on there, but the, the full master version you heard today will be on there soon, awesome. right, right after the broadcast. Awesome. So you guys heard that new new over here, <laughs> um, but we are getting ready to hear uh, White Walker from the Faces Blur right here on WKNC 88.1.
WKNC 88.1. You guys were just listening to White Walker. That was from the Faces Blur. Um, these are some demos that have been around on the SoundCloud page. And it's, as we've been talking, I'm like geeking out about the fact that we have like electronic music that people are really getting into here. Um, I mentioned it during the last hour. And in case you guys weren't listening then, um, the Faces Blur and Crowdsource have a couple shows coming up together. Um, they have the show at the Makery next Saturday in Durham, which is a awesome, cool garage space that Phil had been telling me about. Um, kind of similar to a Motorco type setup, so it's really cool. And then there's a show at uh, the Nightlight in Chapel Hill on April 10th with the Daughter Element and Faces Blur, so that'll be a really, really cool one. Um, Nightlight is an awesome venue that does not get as many awesome shows as it should, in my opinion. And I've, I've heard rumblings from Phil as well that there there will be a LBLB date in April, which is, which is also pretty exciting. Um, I love getting to see stuff like that out at LBLB. It's always a really, really fun time. Um, but who I asked the same thing of Phil who are some of your big inspirations in getting into electronic music like what in your opinion pushed you towards that wow uh, that's a great question I mean my musical history is incredibly diverse I used to really enjoy tons of you know death metal prog metal right European fantasy metal like tons of hardcore metal foundation in like high school times um, but coming back to the recent sort of what I've been digging lately, um, Tycho is a huge inspiration of mine. Definitely. Love Tycho. Um, Boards of Canada. Uh, sort of that, you know, Moog-esque sound of warbly keys and detuned synths and things like that. Um, but a lot of my early inspiration with electronic music came a lot from um, things like um, Chris Clark um, and like IDM, breakbeat type stuff from the early 2000s, like Edit's first album, uh, Crying Over Prose for No Reason. That was a huge inspiration for my early stuff. And that's Edit who does the glitch mob now. Oh, awesome. a solo album back in early 2000s that was, you know, hugely inspirational. Um, a lot of the early Aphex Twin stuff was of specific interest as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, some of the more, I guess, off-the-path type of Electro stuff from the early aughts was definitely, uh, you know, what I was uh, ingesting at the definitely, time. Definitely, yeah. But, um, but, yeah, lately, really, uh, you know, things like Tycho, um, Boards of Canada. I'm trying to think who else. Keep Shelley in Athens has been a huge influence as well. They're out of Greece. Um, and yeah, so a lot of here and there stuff, um, but you know, Beach House has also been a really big influence. So right, I just love reverb and delays. Yeah, and, I uh, feel like with the IDM type scene, it's a lot of there's a lot of crossover between that and like I guess the sort of like psych pop thing yeah. that's going on now. It's and I've I don't really know how I feel about the IDM label, just in the sense of intelligent dance yeah. music, but it's. It's still a really interesting space because it's carved out a totally different area of the electronic scene that it's like you can dance to it and it's still really energetic and accessible. But at the same time, you can also kind of just sit back and just like let it like wash Bob. over you yeah. and <laughs> yeah. kind of bob your head and yeah. take it in. It's yeah. like I was talking during the break. I was like, man, that white walking, it's like it's got, it's got my head bobbing like it passed it. So it's it's stuff that I really get to enjoy, stuff like that, like crowdsource has it going um, and – what like how would you would you categorize yourself within the sort of the idm area i guess it's hard to really say i mean i don't even know what i would classify the stuff i've been making as i mean one of the, my favorite genre tags to put on soundcloud for my songs is pure moods nice i don't know what that means <laughs> at all really i think it's just hilarious you can simultaneously understand it and not yeah like it's, i mean it's like one of those 90s you know infomercial yeah CD type things but um no i mean you know like all comedy aside i think it's just sort of like atmospheric ambience uh type stuff uh 
I try not to get pigeonholed too much in the sort of like I make beats. Yeah, it's beat for music or for this, you know. And but I mean, that's part of the foundation of it is really the the beats that sort of drive right. it. And, and I've definitely been dabbling in the hip hop realm. Um, I've got a collaborator friend named Alphonse who we actually have a whole album done of just awesome uh, hip hop type stuff that we've collaborated on. So kind of sitting on that. We might be shopping that in the next year or two. But um, awesome. So yeah, I'm trying to stay open minded about it. But I think in terms of what I'm making, um, yeah, it's just yeah. Atmospheric, I guess, would be the best term. Definitely, just and creating a vibe. Yeah. What and it's something that we can definitely vibe to. So, um, <laughs> what do you have any sort of uh, of the projection setups coming up anytime soon? Um, let's see. Uh, you know, like other than the body game shows that I'm doing, um, I probably won't be doing a ton of freelancing with the uh, with the projections lately. Um, you know, I'll be having them at Faces Wear shows for my own stuff, and right? For the body game stuff. So, yeah, I think that's really tied up most of my time lately. So. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't foresee too many freelance shows coming up, but I'll be sure to let you know. Awesome. <laughs> well, definitely, definitely excited to get to hear some of the live setup. Um, I did get to see, as we were talking, there's some some good K&C kids put on some house shows around here, and it was a really, really awesome set. It's, it's always cool to see how electronic artists choose to engage their live audience. And A, I feel like you already have an upper hand because the machine has like pretty lights on it and people are, they're going to like, they're going look cool. He's yeah. like, the buttons he press light up. It's awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's something I really get to enjoy and I'm really looking forward to the shows you got coming up at the Makery, um, Nightlight, and definitely LBLB because LBLB is always a really, really awesome time. Um, so we are going to get to hear uh, one more track here from the Faces Blur before we're going to have to cut this segment out. And move on over to the baseball game, which, go Pack. Usually Adam Kincaid had this tradition where he would bring, if he had to close a show out, he would uh, make people sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. And I remember talking with Phil uh, last week about that, and he was like, man, I didn't know the song when I came in. So um, I will not be doing that to you guys. I'm sure you don't want to hear me singing this song. Um, but you will instead get to uh, vibe out to New House from the Faces Blur. And as I have mentioned, all of this is on SoundCloud. The same goes as well for CrowdSource. He has a couple of tracks up there on SoundCloud as well. Um, as we were talking about, there's that sort of Drake-based beat that everyone should definitely check out. It's a very, very awesome thing. And uh, I've really thoroughly enjoyed having this sort of electronic setup here in Carolina Grown. You don't get to have it a whole lot. So getting the themed episodes is really fun for me. Um, but next week, something totally different, of course, um, I will have Amigo in the studio. That is a uh, Americana band from Charlotte. It'll be another short show, but we are going to have some live music in the studio. And then on the 28th, another short show, but it'll be with Body Games. So perhaps Adam will be joining us alongside uh, Dax as well. So we're going to have some really cool stuff coming up this month. And a lot of other awesome stuff coming up in April, too. So definitely tune back in. The hours are going to continue to vary based off these baseball games. It will either be earlier or later, but we will definitely keep you updated on all of those social medias. Uh, but thanks again for listening. Thanks to Adam for coming in and hustling his way up here. <laughs> um, and thanks a whole bunch to Phil as well for sticking around. And it's it's been an awesome show. I really enjoy it. Uh, you guys can always get to check it out on our blog. We podcast all of these Carolina Grown shows, so you can definitely check it out. And you guys are getting ready to hear New House right here on Carolina Grown on WKNC 88.1. Boston outdistanced their planners and grew into a maze of complexity and confusion. Most cities outdistance their planners and grew into a maze.